Hey, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue, and I want to thank you for joining me for this video. Um, we're going to talk about the Enneagram today and its impact and its influence in my life. And you read the title right, uh, the Enneagram cost me my job. And I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. But before we get started, just a reminder in the description below is a link to my website, TomLahue.com where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments for yourself or for your marriage, your relationship. Um, also uh, on my website is um, my uh, certificate classes I offer in Enneagram coaching. Some of them are on Zoom live. Uh, those come up from time to time. Um, and also I am adding to an ever-growing catalog of on-demand classes related to the Enneagram and and uh, coaching, and I would love for you to check out those classes. Thanks again for your support, support on Patreon and all those things. I really appreciate all of you guys. And at the time of making this video, we're almost at 50,000 subscribers, which is just crazy. Um, I never thought that anything like this would happen. And uh, I wanna just walk you through um, um, what's gone on in the last year or so in my life. And if you want to watch a video on how the Enneagram can be helpful for you, this isn't that video, okay? This is going to kind of go the other direction, like what uh, maybe challenges might come in your life um, because of the Enneagram. And for anybody who's gone through some junk in your life or gone through some stuff, maybe something I'll say in this video will encourage you to keep going and not give up and not quit. Um, so I want to walk you through a little bit more about um, what's gone on in my life and um, um, what what where I'm at now and you know, what the future of my channel is here. And so many of you guys, I, I've gotten to know so many of you through coaching appointments. And um, if you if you haven't yet, if you would go to my website tomlehu.com and right at the at the on the homepage, there's a place for you to uh, enter your email address so that I can send you messages. I don't overdo it. I try to just send one or two a week. But I would love for you to be on my mailing list uh, so that you can stay informed of, of new things that you know are coming out with, uh, with my channel. Um, but if you haven't done the app, please do that. But so many of you guys I've gotten to meet. You know, I have done well over a thousand coaching appointments, maybe more. Um, and I tell you, I, I've just been so blessed. God has just opened up so many doors for me to meet some fantastic people that I never would have met otherwise. And I want to just walk you through the long story. Um, and, you know, I haven't shared any of this um, with, with any of you guys. And um, I want to share it with you guys now, uh, just so that you can kind of know what's what's transpired in the last uh you know couple years um let me start by saying this i started the youtube channel on the enneagram a couple of years ago i forget now how long it's been maybe like three years ago two and a half years ago well you know i um i found out about the enneagram because one of my daughters grace who's in some of my videos so a lot of my earlier videos, Grace, who's an eight wing seven, she still does coaching appointments. So in the link down at the bottom of this YouTube channel, you can you can find her link, and she's got she hasn't been able to do a lot of videos because she's busy as a mom, you know. But uh, but she still does coaching appointments with people, and she's fantastic. But Grace, you know, was the first to find out about the Enneagram, and she went she found out about the Enneagram at a church conference. 
um, at Compassion Christian Church in Savannah. Now, I live in Daytona Beach, just outside of Daytona in Port Orange. And uh, she went up to a conference, um, uh, a ministry conference, and that's our background. Our background is ministry. Uh, my wife, Tracy, and I have been in, in uh, local church ministry since we, we, were, we were kids. Um, we went to Christian college, and I went to become a minister and we started in youth ministry and you know we've been in ministry for 30 years now tracy and i've been married for 31 years um and we started immediately you know in youth ministry and then i started working as a as a as a pastor and you know i i had known myers briggs you know i know i'm an enfp my wife's an isfj and i'd known about disc i'm an otter i think otter golden, I think is what I am. I don't remember. I, I, and that's a, just not the right terms, but what's the terms that we like anyway? Grace went to a, this conference at Compassion Christian in Savannah, great church, fantastic ministry. And uh, she learned about the Enneagram and she came home and she was like, dad, you know, you need to check out the Enneagram. And I thought, eh, I don't know, uh, another personality profile. And so I got a little book called uh, the the whatever it is the beginner's guide to the Enneagram. It's a little yellow book. It's on one of my bookshelves, but it's kind of cartoony, but it's very basic and very simple. And I thought, wow, this is really helpful. Like, okay, I I knew immediately I was a seven. My wife knew immediately she was a two, and um, then I I went to YouTube. Um, and I, I tried to look for information on the Enneagram and I found, uh, Richard Rohr's videos. Actually, it was kind of like one long video that was chopped up and it was, it was sort of hard to put together, but we, we just watched everything until we figured out how to watch his video. And I thought, this is fantastic. Um, and you know, the Enneagram has a way of getting in and like clawing at you and digging at you and making you feel uncomfortable if you let it. And it certainly did me, because I remember thinking, gluttony, that's not my sin. My sin's not gluttony. Um, but the more, and I'm a seven, of course, seven wing six. And the more I studied and learned about it, the more fascinated I became with it. Now, all this time, I've been a full-time pastor. I've worked in churches, you know, full-time as the minister, the preacher, the pastor, whatever you want to call me. Um, and I was working at a church here in Florida and in, um, in the Daytona area. And uh, I was learning about the Enneagram and I would come home and, and talk about it with my family and everybody was interested in it. Everybody was fascinated with it. And, you know, seven has a line to five. If you know what that means, it means when sevens get excited about something, um, we can really focus our attention. And I would say that sevens can be as or more productive than any other type if, if, they're excited about it. When we're not excited about something, it's really hard to be focused on it. Really hard to be focused. Um, and, you know, let me just say this. Never fire a seven because they're not focused. Um, that's kind of the problem of being a seven is it's really hard to focus our attention sometimes where it needs to be. And and that's going to get into what I'm going to talk about later about why I lost my job. Um, but so... Let's go back here. You know, I'm learning about the Enneagram and for probably a couple hours every morning before um, I would get up and go to work, I would I would open a couple of books. I just ordered a lot of books um, and I just started reading about the Enneagram. 
I was reading, reading, reading and learning. Um, and I've got, you know, a bookshelf or two filled with books and books on Kindle and audiobooks. And I'm, I'm just absorbing as fast as I can, as much information as possible to try to understand not only myself. And that's really what got me interested in the Enneagram was as, as a minister, you're always working with people and people do crazy stuff. Let me just, we could just pause it right there and we could, you could maybe make a a YouTube short, you know, a TikTok video out of that. People do crazy stuff. They do stuff that doesn't make sense. I see them doing things that don't make sense. And sometimes people close to you, you know, it's not just people out there. It's sometimes people right around you are just doing stuff that doesn't make sense. And you're trying to understand people. You're trying to understand their perspective. And I went into learning about the Enneagram primarily because I wanted to figure out, like, help me understand why people do what they do. Help me understand And it was, it was really helping me understand the core motivations that we all have. And I was just overwhelmed and fascinated. I wanted to talk to everybody about this. And that's kind of a mistake. Um, It's great to be excited about something. It's great to be passionate about something. But, you know, now looking back, maybe I could have tempered that excitement a little bit because I really did want to talk to everybody about it. I was like, do you know about this? Do you know your type? Here's all the nine types. Let's talk about it. Let's sit down. Let's talk. About it. And not everybody is ready for those kinds of conversations. Um, it's what uh, my acupuncture doctor calls forbidden knowledge. If a person's not ready to learn, then that knowledge becomes forbidden to them. And as a seven, you know, a little bit of a salesman, even though I don't mean to be, when you get excited about something, you become very persuasive. And I find myself talking about what I'm excited about. And I'm talking to people about their their personality types. And my wife encouraged me, why don't you make a YouTube channel? You know, why don't you start, you're learning all of this and it's great stuff. Why don't you just start sharing it and with people because when we were looking for information we had to turn to books because there wasn't much you know i guess i didn't really check podcasts and there's a lot of podcasts now on the enneagram but i didn't really check podcasts maybe there were some um but there wasn't a lot on youtube and so i did i started a youtube channel this youtube channel And I just started documenting my learning of the Enneagram. I would go read, you know, 20 pages, 30 pages. And then I, every Friday or so, I would make a video just documenting what I was learning. And it wasn't long before I, someone told me about, I think it's Sandals Church, where the preacher at that church, the pastor at that church preached a sermon series, you know, one sermon each week on every one of the nine types. And basically, you know, it was a series on like how we get lost and how we find our way back to God. And some of you guys have maybe watched that sermon series, um, but uh, I think it's Sandals Church, maybe out in California or Oregon or somewhere. And so I watched that sermon series and I thought, wow, this is really good. This is really helpful. And he has a character for every one of the nine types. Um, and I, I kind of took that and developed it my own way. Um, you know, I sort of use that as a, as, as a permission, like, hey, this guy did this. This makes a lot of sense. And this is so helpful. Maybe this would be a good way to communicate the Enneagram uh, to a church in a way that they would understand it and could be really helped by it. So I did. I created a sermon series. Um, I think it was like 10 sermons all together. 
And I, I started with, you know, uh, type one, and I think I used the Apostle Paul as a type one, and then I did type two and three, and I did a message on, on each of the types. And it wasn't long before I started to realize that this series is getting kind of mixed reviews. Um, you know, um, I feel like I'm a pretty gifted speaker, and it just kind of comes naturally to me. I love the Lord, I love the church, and I love to, to speak. And so speaking comes pretty natural. And I would put together, I would put a lot of work into these messages, and I would get up and I would try to share this information as passionately and as powerfully as I could. And what, and also, you know, I was also doing like a Sunday night class on the Enneagram. So if you, if you, if you came during that message series, you could listen to a message each Sunday illustrating a Bible character for every type, and then you were invited to come back Sunday night as we kind of just unpacked what the Enneagram is and how it could be useful and helpful to us in understanding ourselves and seeing how we sometimes, you know, get sort of screwed up in life and then our dominant sins and finding our way back to ourselves and back to home and, you know, loving each other and dealing with the people you can't get away from and all this. And I thought, this is just fantastic. This is fantastic. And I, I was so excited about it. I was so hopeful. And what I found was about the third or fourth message in is I was getting kind of, you know, some grumblings. And not everybody was appreciating this message series. It was biblical, so they couldn't complain that it wasn't biblical. But I think there was quite a few people that just didn't understand what I was talking about it didn't connect with them. It didn't make sense. And I would say it like this. Looking back, I would say about 20% of the people in the church, uh, and it's a pretty small church, about 250 people at the time, and about 20% about of the people thought this is the best thing I've ever heard. Next to Jesus, this is like the most helpful thing I've ever learned. I need, this is changing my life. The, do, Carl, are you awake? Are you hearing this? And about 20% of the people, really the lights came on. And, and I had people say to me things like, Tom, all you should ever teach is the Bible and the Enneagram. Nothing else even matters. And I was like, well, that might be a little bit of an overstatement, but I get what they're saying. And then there was probably 20% on the other side, maybe 10% on the other side, that just thought, why are you talking about this? This doesn't have anything to do with God. This doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. This is not the gospel. This is not. And, you know, it's kind of the same people I realize that have a problem when you put a Christmas tree in the sanctuary. It's like, they, you know, this doesn't belong. This is pagan. This isn't what it ought to be. And, and there was a few people that just didn't appreciate the message series. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand why I was going through it. They felt like, you know, maybe this was not um, biblical, even though every message was about a biblical character and just kind of illustrating their life and how they showed the traits of this type. And then I would say that the vast majority, like in most things, just probably didn't care. You know, they were just like, I'm going to church. I'm going to church and I can check that off my box. You know, I went to church and I would say probably the vast majority just sat there and endured like they do every Sunday. Anyway, no disrespect for, to, to believers, but you know, you guys that grew up in church, you know what it's like. Okay, so let's see what happened next. Well, 
after I finish that series and I make myself finish it because I thought this is good. I know it's good. I believe in it. I believe it's good. Even if I'm not getting the responses always that I would like. And I would say that by the time that series was done, um, there were a few people that left. There were. And I felt bad about that, you know. Um, they would make complaints like, you know, the church down the street is doing all this ministry and they're doing all, they're feeding the homeless, they're taking care of that, you know. And we're talking about the Enneagram, the idiot Graham. I had some people tell me that. People can be nasty. I don't know if you've noticed, but people can be nasty. Even even good people, even great people, even loving people, even godly people can sometimes just be difficult, right? And so, let's see. By the end of that sermon, but I, I pressed on and I would look to my wife because I have a very strong six wing. Okay, I have a very strong line to one. In fact, now that I'm kind of buying into the subtypes, not the subtypes, I believe in the subtypes 100%. But now that I'm kind of buying into tri-types, I realized I'm a 741 or a 714, the visionary. And, um, you know, that uh, that one wing really strong, or that one line, sorry, not a wing, what am I, an Enneagram teacher? Uh, that one line, you know, is really strong with me of do the right thing, you know, be responsible. If you can't have fun, then show up and do the right thing. Be responsible. Take out the trash. Be a good boy. Uh, that's really strong in me. And I have a really strong six wing. So I'm dominant one and six. That means I need to work on eight and five a little more. But anyway, so that six wing of being anxious and nervous because people are not necessarily understanding or all appreciating what I'm doing. You know, I looked at my wife. Is this okay? I looked at my staff. Is this okay? And um, I pressed on. I finished it. I was proud of myself because I believed in it. I knew it was good. I knew it was helpful. And even if people didn't like it or didn't understand it, um, and even some people left, I felt like, this is good. This is so good. But I'll tell you what happened, though, after that, was I pretty much just quit trying to teach the Enneagram in the local church. I think I did one more class on like a Wednesday night or something with a small group. And I would use it all the time. I When I was counseling people, when I was meeting with people, and then in just conversations with the right people, I would talk Enneagram, you know, as long as they wanted to and were willing to. But I just quit trying to share this with the church at large because I just realized, you know, it left a bad taste in people's mouth because either... They were upset because, you know, and they left or they were upset because somebody they loved left over this message series. And when I say left, I mean, we went from like 250 to like 230. It was not a huge exodus of people. It was just a couple of disgruntled people that didn't like it, didn't understand it. But I just, from that moment on, I realized, look, I don't want to cause trouble. I don't want to make this a problem. I don't want to make it a test of faith that this is the Enneagram church and you have to you know, come in, shave your head, and put on a dashiki, which I love this. I know it has the ohm symbol. Somebody texted, oh, Dr. Tom, you have an ohm symbol on your shirt. Whatever. Relax, people. Relax, okay? It's just a shirt. But I remember I'm an NFP, so individuality and authenticity. I like, you know, different things, okay? So whatever. And I kind of quit pushing the Enneagram on my church. 
I just decided, okay, the people that get it, they get it. They love it. They think it's great. They talk Enneagram. But I don't want to bother people with this if they're not they're not into it. And so I kind of did an overcorrection. And I'm like, I'm just going to preach the Bible. I'm just going to preach through the Bible. Just one book at a time. Just preach the Bible because I just don't want the conflict. I don't want the problems. And at the end of the day, you know, I work it's a job, so I'm going to do... You can't argue with preaching the Bible if you're in a church. If they get mad at you, you're like, I'm sorry, it's the book of Romans. You don't like it. I don't know what to tell you. You have a problem with Paul, not with me. Okay, you have a problem with God. So I probably overcorrected a little bit. Um, but anyway, and everything was fine. Everything was fine for the next whatever year or two. Because it's been a long time since I, I tried to do the Enneagram series. And I just kind of dropped it. I just didn't talk about it anymore. Now... You remember COVID happened, right? COVID happened and all the churches got shut down and we were shut down for a little while. And during that time when we were shut down, my wife said, you know, why don't you open up uh, a couple of appointments during the week where people that are watching, because people were emailing me because of my YouTube channel. They were emailing, hey, Dr. Tom, what about this? Hey, Tom, what about that? What about this type? What about that? How do I know my type? And she said, why don't you just offer a couple of hours a week, uh, you know, open up some coaching appointments for people and see if anybody books any appointments. So I did. I did. During COVID, I opened up uh, some time slots that were available to uh, offer coaching. And I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with the amount of interest. People wanted to talk about this. Like me, people were fascinated with it. They were learning. They were watching my videos and they wanted to connect they wanted to ask questions. They wanted somebody to talk to about it. And so I started doing coaching appointments and um, started offering Enneagram coaching appointments. I bet if you go back and watch my earliest videos, I don't say anything about Enneagram coaching because I didn't offer it. Well, now I started offering Enneagram coaching. Well, when COVID kind of started to close to, you know, to sort of taper off, because we went back to services after several weeks and, um, you know, I kept my appointment schedule limited because I have a full-time job at a church. And um, I was just living my happiest life. I was living my best life because I'm, I'm learning about the Enneagram. I'm making videos on Fridays. I'm not really sharing any of that with the church itself. Uh, I'm studying the Bible and preaching on weekends. And I'm just kind of living my best life, living in these two worlds. Now, this is nothing new to me because for years before um, before this, I was teaching part-time in colleges. Um, I have way too much education. You know, when a seven gets excited about something and more is always better. So yes, I did go get three real master's degrees and a doctorate in ministry. And I have, for the last 20 years, been teaching part-time in Christian colleges, teaching Bible, ministry, you know, all kinds of things, whatever whatever was needed. Um, and so I've always kind of lived in two worlds like this. But um, when, when Grace graduated from Johnson University in Florida, I quit teaching down there because it was a long drive. And so this doing the YouTube channel and meeting with people and coaching people became sort of that outlet for me 
to to a broader audience. I always wanted to speak not only to my local church, but also to a little bit broader audience. You know, when I was in college, I was training the trainers or teaching the teachers. And now I have this megaphone to the world. And I was doing appointments, you know, it was overwhelming. I'm doing appointments with people from South Africa, from uh, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, the Netherlands, England, all over the United States, Canada, Mexico, um, you know, Central America, and it's just fascinating meeting people from all over the globe, and and people would ask me questions about my faith, and a lot of people would let me share my faith, and I never did it in a way that was pushy, or I never tried to do it in a way that was pushy, but if people gave me the opportunity and they wanted to talk about it, we would talk about Jesus if they wanted to, but I wouldn't push it on people. Um, just trying to respect, you know, their belief system and and the appointment was about the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is helpful no matter what you believe, no matter what your faith background is, or if you have a, an organized um, faith background. Anyway, so I'm living my best life. And um, lo and behold, well, let's just say that because I have a side business that is very successful, uh, and I'm limiting myself and my, you know, my uh, my time and my energy to this side business of the Enneagram YouTube channel and coaching and creating courses. By the way, once I started coaching people, you know, I had I had other people reaching out to me who are life coaches and counselors and teachers and pastors, and they're like, Tom, could you teach me how you do Enneagram coaching? So I'm like, okay, let me just try to think of the simplest way I can package this. And we created, I created a Zoom class on Enneagram coaching. And I've done that class now like 13 times. And I usually have a good group of 10 to 20 people in that class every time I've offered it. Well, then I started doing other classes, Enneagram relationship coaching, Enneagram and Christian life coaching, how it blends together with Christian worldview, Christian theology, and then Enneagram and spirituality, like the larger spiritual world. I studied all of that, and, and you know, the Enneagram has a very kind of metaphysical overtones to it. So I wanted to explore all that misty metaphysical stuff and find some value and use there for, for the average, average person. And so I started creating these courses, teaching people uh, how to do what I'm doing in, in Enneagram coaching. And I'm living my best life. I'm living my best life. Uh, happy. Happy in the church. Happy doing this side business. And I just feel like I'm having this great impact in both realms. A great impact uh, on my local church where I'm serving as a pastor. And, my, and a great impact globally. And people are giving me all this positive feedback. And I'm just loving life. Thanking God every day. Now, um, long story short is eventually some of the powers that be in the church I was serving um, didn't like the fact that I had started a business, didn't like the fact that my focus of my attention wasn't exclusively on the local church. And uh, I already said, sevens, it's hard to ever have exclusive focus on anything. And I felt like you know I was very focused on both very well. But um, whatever, um, the powers that be um, basically told me I needed to stop the business or shut the business down. Well, it's just not going to happen. Um, 
I feel like God has called me to serve in the local church. No doubt about that. He's gifted me. I've been over-prepared for this task. And so many wonderful people along the way have, have invested in me to serve in the local church. But I have seen the impact the Enneagram has made in people's lives. I know the impact it's made in my life. It doesn't take the place of Jesus, okay? It just shows you how lost we are. It shows you how broken we are. It shows you how much we need help, how much we need each other to understand each other. It shows you how screwed up we are. And I've gotten a lot of negative feedback over the years about my channel. Like, Tom, you're so negative. Your videos are just, oh, they're just, I'm like, I'm sorry. Everybody has superpowers. Every type has superpowers, but we all have our dark side as well. And I feel like if you could expose that, if you could expose the dark side in each of us, then maybe maybe we don't have to be so afraid of it. We don't have to be so driven by it. If we wake up to it, we don't have to be so on autopilot. And maybe we can turn and face the dragon. Turn and fa- well, I don't know if we'll ever slay the dragon, but if we could turn and face that that gluttony or face that lust or face that envy that's chasing us down, and if we can expose it, you know, then maybe we can not let it run and rule our lives so much. Well, when I was essentially pushed into a corner and had to choose, and I was essentially asked to give up this Enneagram business, I couldn't do it. I just believed that God was calling me and I could see I could see lives being changed. I could see people being helped. And I had I had so many opportunities to minister to people all over the globe. There's just no way I could say okay to that. And so um I was asked to resign. And I did. And, you know, it was crazy, too, because we had the Sunday before last year was Easter Sunday. And we had, like, record attendance. We had 427 people on Easter that Sunday. And then the very next Sunday after it, I had all these terrible meetings with people trying to, you know, plead my case. And and everything was going great. Everything, in my opinion, everything was going great. But then I just, I had to resign. And I had to get up and tell people, look, I had to resign because I started a YouTube channel about the Enneagram and I had to, I just had to quit. And I felt awful. I felt terrible. It was, it was like one of the worst feelings I ever had to let go of that pulpit, to let go of that congregation. I wanted to do both and I felt like I was effective at both. But I was told that I couldn't do both, and I had to choose. And for the first time in 30 years, I was not a pastor anymore. And I, you know, could have had an identity crisis. I could have questioned, well, who am I? I guess I'm just a regular guy. Am I just a regular guy? What do I do now? Do I go get a job at the grocery store? Which is fine. I, I loved my job as a teenager in the grocery store down here in Florida. It's Publix. That's the only grocery store to work at but I I I what am I gonna do I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna do this Enneagram thing full-time and so that opened a door for me to do this full-time 
and I just opened my calendar for more appointments and I started creating more classes and 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 I opened up the opportunity to come now. Now I can travel. So I, I started telling people, look, if you want me to come, if you want to invite me to come speak to your church leadership team and train them in the Enneagram or your business. Um, and I, you know, I am going to California and I went back to California and I'm, I'm, I'm wherever I'll be happy to come. What's so ironic about all of this is, you know, I, I lose the job at the church where I'm serving and now I'm going all over the nation training other churches that are four or five times the size of the church that I was working at. I'm now training church staffs in in the Enneagram. And I just thought, this is so weird. This is so ironic, you know, and training lawyers and insurance teams. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through this door. God is shutting a door and he's opening another door. And I'm going to just move forward and just do this full time. And I'm still, in a lot of ways, like a pastor. I'm still serving like a pastor, caring about people, loving people, helping them to get along, helping them to understand each other and overcome some of their blind spots. And I just remember that being like a really dark time, though. And if you go back and look at my YouTube channel, I'm making videos like called like I'm Done. And by the way, in the middle of all that, my dad died um, at the height of COVID. My mom died six months later. My wife's dad died three months later. My son Harrison started having seizures. And it's just been a year of just chaos and hospitals and exhausting. And this has been just really a tough year. Really a tough year. Um, and it would have been easy to kind of give up hope and just get frustrated. And I'm telling you guys, I'm not, I'm not frustrated with the church. Um, the church has always had problems. It's made up of people. And I don't want you to hear this video and say, oh, wow, see, churches are bad. Look what they do. They just, I don't want you to hear it like that. Churches have always been a mess. Um, and any real pastor knows that. And any real pastor is, will, will admit that. You know, I get so sick of pastors and churches promoting themselves all the time. Oh, we're a great church. We love everybody. We are, we're the hope of the world. We're, it's like every church is broken because it's made up of broken people. If it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd all be a shipwreck. And every church is like a barn filled with barn animals. And, you know, we just do the best we can and love people. And, and we're not always going to get along. We're not always going to see the same way. And the challenge is to love people when they're not lovable. That's the challenge. Anybody can love people when they're lovable, when they treat you right, when they respect you. When they don't, that's when you really have to have some help from God. You have to have some help to love people. And I don't want you to hear this as like I'm putting down the church because I'm not at all. Um, the enemy is alive and well and even working in churches. That's probably where he wants to work the most, right? And so... Long story short is some of the people in that church came to me afterwards and they were like, look, you're not done being our pastor. Um, we want you to start a new church. And I didn't have any interest in that. I was burned out. I was exhausted. I had been like kind of fighting a uphill battle for the last six months or year with some of the leadership. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. And they were relentless and they just kept talking to me, Tom, you got to do this. 
Um, you know, and I just, I was on a walk one day and I realized, you know, if they have enough faith to, to be a church, why don't I have enough faith to be their pastor? And so I said, okay, if you guys want to start a church and you want to draw up all the paperwork and you want to do this and essentially I told them, if you're dumb enough to do this, I'll be dumb enough to lead it. And they did. I thought they would quit, but they didn't quit. And we started meeting in a computer store, about 60 people. And, um, you know, we just, we just had somebody in a church that owned a computer store and we, we bought chairs and we just started having our little worship service in a computer store. And then we moved to the uh, movie theater in town. And this year at Easter, we haven't even been in existence a year yet. We've, we've been in existence like eight months. And this year at Easter, we had 183 people at church at our, at our movie theater in town. We usually average about 120 people. That's a real church. I mean, we already have a real church. The name of the church is Mercy Church because um, it's important that we live in God's mercy and that we show God's mercy no matter what, okay? And so now I'm working as an Enneagram coach, business leader, whatever I am, full-time, and I work in the local church as a pastor part-time. So I still, you can go to mercychurchfl.org and I upload my sermons every week and you can listen to me preach if you want to hear what I sound like when I preach. Um, but um, right now, um, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this full time. And what's my, what's my point in making this video is not everybody is going to think the Enneagram is great. There you go. Let's just make that the point. Um, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I love to talk about it. And when I can't, I can't not analyze people when they're communicating to me, like what is their type? Um, you know, and, and, and so that I can relate to them better. Um, I can't turn it off and I am excited about it. I'm also still excited about the local church and I believe it is the hope of the world and I'm excited to work in the local church. But not everybody is going to appreciate your excitement or enthusiasm or your love or your uh, discussions or conversation about the Enneagram always. There may be a price to pay uh, this forbidden knowledge uh, that you have. And realize you need some people who will talk to you about this, that you can have a conversation with about it. Uh, but realize you might not want to talk about it with everybody. Not everybody is open to it. Not everybody wants to be self-aware. It's, you know, it can be a very comforting thing to stay asleep. And waking up can be a painful thing. And sometimes people resist it. And not only will they not like it, but they'll be angry with you about it. So just a word of warning as you go forward in life. Uh, you love the Enneagram? Great. You think it's fantastic? You think it's helpful? Great. You can't help but see the world now through this paradigm? Fantastic. I'm with you 100%. Just recognize that there's going to be people in your life that are going to say, what is this idiot gram? This idiot gram. What is this? What is this symbol? Is this is this satanic? Look at that symbol. Um, I've got a good friend you know, that just created a course, uh, like a history of the Enneagram course, um, and, uh, helping us to see the Christian background 
of the Enneagram, which I think it does. I think it absolutely does. You know, take my class on the Enneagram and Christian life coaching. I'll break down all of my theology of how I think the Enneagram fits with a Christian worldview because it does. I think it tells us the same thing that we learned in the Garden of Eden, you know, um, just in different words, different ways. Anyway, I would say this. I, I don't in any way give up on the local church. I still love the church. I still work in the church, still committed to the church. And I realize that if you're not, I just want to tell you, look, I know what it's like to be church hurt. I understand. I get it now. I'm, I'm one of you people that has been, you know, hurt by the church. But I, I'm, I just recognize that you just get up. We just get up. We keep going. And that's what, that's me anyway. And if you're not there yet, I have all kinds of grace for you. I'm not trying to preach at you. That's on Sundays. I'm not trying to preach at you. Uh, I'm just saying I get it. Um, there was a dark place there when all my family died. And, um, you know, I lost my job and I lost my identity for 30 years. And uh, unknown, I don't know what this Enneagram thing is going to, I don't know what doors are going to open or if any doors are going to open. But I just kept kept making videos. And I'm going to keep making videos. I'm going to keep making videos. And right now, you're probably seeing a lot of stuff on me about fear and faith and dedication. And and it's because I'm creating a new class on demand called Resilient Mindset Coaching. Now, why am I doing that? Is anybody going to take it? I don't know. I really don't. I'm going to work the Enneagram into it. Uh, but and and talk about every type how they every type is resilient or not. I'm gonna work that in there. But I I'm doing it because I need to do it myself. That's why I'm doing it. I am going through some information on resilience, which is coming back after a after a shakeup, after a letdown, about not giving up, about about keep keeping going even though things might be difficult. Why am I creating a course on that because I need to go through it. And so sometimes, you know, I'm going to bring you information that you need. And a lot of times I'm bringing you information I need. So I need to go through it myself and I need to stay focused on what it is I'm doing here as an, as a Enneagram YouTuber, whatever that is. And I am going to continue to work on bringing you the best content possible and stuff that matters to me. It's really hard for me to be excited about things when they don't matter to me. And so I am bringing you what is making a difference in my own life. And I believe and trust that it'll make a difference in your life. So I hope that this video encourages you. Because right now, as we stand right now, I'm encouraged. I literally am living my best life now. Again, I'm living my best life. I work in a church that I love, a church that loves me, loves my family. They are, they are so wonderful, and I love the people in that church. I'm so thrilled to be useful and working in, in a local congregation. And, and we don't have a lot of rules. We don't have a lot of expectations. We meet in a movie theater. We meet in a movie theater. We start every service off with a fun song. Two weeks ago, we started with Separate Ways from Journey. Last week, Jimmy Buffett. And we just start with Relax. You know, I play... We, you come into the movie theater, and there's just... You know, the ocean and um, reggae music playing. And then we we welcome you with a song that is familiar to you. And we end up at Jesus. We always end up at Jesus. But we start with people where they are. And we just let go of so much junk that chokes a church out. And it's growing. 
and it's doing great and I'm living my best life and I'm so grateful for every one of you guys that's with me in this journey um, and I hope to continue to be a part of your life. Thank you for letting me into your life and I hope to continue to influence and be a voice of reason and debacle for you going forward in life. And as always, be present to life, even the bad parts. Or as my friends across the ocean would say in England, even the, the I don't know if they call them bad or yucky, but the bad bits, even the bad bits of life. You know, it's hard for me as a seven to be present in that stuff. Like, I just want to shut it. I just wanted to shut down. I didn't want to feel stuff. I remember out being a, out on a walk after all this happened and thinking to myself, you know, I think what I'm feeling right now is what other people call anger. I think that's what I'm feeling. And it's not pleasant. I don't like it. But I had to acknowledge all those feelings. I had to deal with them. I had to sit in my rocking chair and, you know, let myself work through all that stuff. Disappointment, frustration, hurt, betrayal, all that junk. And forgive and let it go and realize God has a big plan. He has a big plan and the enemy has a plan too. But God's always, his plan's always better. It always works out in his His way. So I'm just moving forward, guys. And I just wanted to take you behind the scenes and share with you stuff that maybe um, most people probably wouldn't share. But I just felt like you know, it's that authenticity stuff. I just felt like, eh, it's probably good if you guys know what's really going on behind the scenes. And if I looked discouraged a few months ago, it's because I was, but not anymore. And let's move forward together. I'm going to become more resilient and, and I hope that you will, because you're big enough to face whatever challenges. I know you don't feel like you are sometimes. You can feel really small, but believe me, with God's help, you're big enough to face whatever challenges are coming at you because they're coming. If they're not here already, they're coming. And I want you to be ready and prepared for whatever they are. We're going to do this together. All right? Be present to life. I'll see you guys next time.